0: is a free download from Delancey Elim Church. Meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk Two scriptures there. I think the last uh, last time I, I I shared with you, I talked about going through the storm. I want to talk this one about going through the fire. Okay, uh, we looked at going through the storm. I want to talk a little bit about walking or going through the fire. Ever been through the fire? Okay, uh, James chapter one and what well, verse two? And I'm going to read another. We're going to read another scripture from Daniel chapter three. But uh, James chapter one and verse two. I love this verse. This is a verse some of us think, I don't kind of like this verse, but there's great truth in it. My brethren, that means all of us, brethren, all of us, men, ladies, everybody, all brethren together, count it all a joy. So you just count it, you recognise that you count it as a joy. What you count as a joy? How many would think you could say there, when, when you're having amazing blessings, when amazing things are going well for your life, count it all a joy. But how many realise he doesn't say that? What does he say? you all the joy when you fall into various trials. Uh, now, so, how many of you got the King James? Who might see, see some, some anointed people. The King, the King James actually says, we have got that, divers trials. I mean, does it say that? Divers trials, yeah. I remember when I was first saved, I thought it was a kind of weird thing. Divers. Now, I lived in Birmingham. We didn't have much to see in Birmingham. <laughs> divers' trials. Does that mean that when you're underwater, you have trials? Does it only mean when you're underwater, divers' trials? That's what I thought. That's how, that's how much of the Bible I knew. I thought that they're divers' trials, even in those days. Uh, some of you have got various trials. So almost they come, this, they come in all shapes and sizes. Is that true? So whatever shape and size they come in, the goal is this: count it or a what? Joy. It's really hard to count something a joy unless you see a benefit from it. And we're going to look at a moment that through the trials you can have joy because through the trials there becomes incredible benefits through what we're going through. Can you say amen? Now, I want to turn to Daniel chapter. I'm going to come back to that, so don't lose sight of that. But Daniel chapter three. Verse 19. Three well-known guys. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Ever read this? My shack, your shack and a bungalow. Ever read that one? (laughs) Uh, He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more. Then it was usually heated, and he commanded certain men of valor who were in the army of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach. Abednego and these three men Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego fell down bound to the midst of the burning fiery furnace then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in house and spoke to his counter saying did we not cast three men bound to the midst of the fire they answered and said to the king oh true O king look he answered I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt and the fourth and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps administered, governors and kings and councils gathered together. They saw that these men on whose the bodies the fire had no power, the hair of their head was not singed, nor was their garments affected. And the smell of the fire was not on them. Isn't that awesome? That's an amazing story. Getting back to James 1, 2, we're going to go back to that in a moment. What he's telling us, sir, how many realize that we live in a war zone? I think we lose sense that we live in a hostile environment. How many would find found that through? There's a hostile environment. We live in a hostile situation, if you like. And James is telling us, because of the hostile environment that we live in, because we're in a spiritual battle, a spiritual warfare, because of that very fact, then that means there's going to be, as I said, various types of trials. Or well, one translation says, fiery trials that we're going to go through the fire. As we say, we're going to go through these fiery experiences, these fiery trials in life. And he says. In other words, there's going to be this sense of where we go through. Ever been through this kind of turmoil and conflict and it just kind of hits your life, these, these fiery moments that kind of hit our lives? And it says because of that, because of the fact that we're going to enter various trials, because there are going to be fiery trials, because there's going to be all kinds of various things that we go through in life, because we live in this hostile environment, things come against us, people rise up, all kinds of conflict, all kinds of things going against us. Because of that, we need to develop a certain attitude. Do you see that? And the attitude that we need to develop is that we rejoice in the midst of them. In other words, that we have to have a certain outlook on life, a certain mindset, in order for you to have a right attitude to go through that. You know what I mean by that? If we kind of live for the moment, and we know, we we live in a society, and I find this more and more, it's all about what happens here and now, the moment, this very moment. You know, It's all going to happen, you know. I don't want to go through any problem right here and now. We do anything to avoid the moment. Everything's about gratification for the moment. doesn't matter the consequences, but right now it's all about the moment. Tomorrow can, wherever else. And so we people live for the moment. If we live just for the moment, then we're never going to have a true outlook to the trials and things that is our life. But if my outlook is this, But it's not here for the moment. It's the benefits that that trial can bring to my life. It's a recognition that God is still in control. He's still on the throne. He's still Lord. He's still controlling. He's still ruling. And I know that He can turn this out to work for my benefit. Now, it comes from that realisation that God's good and because He's good, He's going to cause it to work for my benefit. If I have that attitude, then that means... What can I do? I rejoice in it. I rejoice because I'm going into the trial with a true biblical mindset and a true understanding of what God produces in the midst of a fiery trial. Can you say amen? Now if you go to Daniel 3, which is the one we're going to look at mostly, here we see these dear men, Shadrach, Meshach and a Bendigo or my bungalow, whoever it is. <laughs> These three guys. Now, they're living in a Babylonian culture which is controlled by a cult. It's an occulted kind of atmosphere that they live. They're right there and they're right in the midst of that atmosphere. They are told they need to bow to a statue. I think it's called, it's, they say it's 80 cubits high which actually is 90 feet high. I only think that's a big statue. 90 feet high statue, and when the trumpets blow, everybody has to bow down and worship before this statue. These three guys Meshach, Meshach, and Abendigo <laughs> refuse to bow the knee. Now you think about this. Think about it. People from all the nations have come. They're probably right there near the kind of front because they're officials, if you like. Everybody bows the knee when the trumpet blows, except for these three guys. Isn't that awesome? In other words, they stand out in the midst of incredible opposition. They're not going to allow the values and the systems that are around them. They're not going to bow down to it. They're not going to submit to the values of that Kind of society, of that occult situation, they refuse to bow the knee to it. Isn't that awesome? They don't bow the knee. Because they are there not to become part of the system, but to change the system. They're there to make a difference. And I think there should be something that, in other words, they stood out. Let me say, they just stood out. If everybody's bowing the knee and you're just standing there, how many would say you stand out? And I think there's something about us that should stand out. Our attitudes, the way we live our lives, our conversations, our attitudes, our mindsets have got to be absolutely, totally different to what's around us. Can you say amen? We've got to stand out. We've got to be the 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 ones that stand out in the midst of it, because there's pressure to conform to the to this world, to its values, its gold, its dreams, and its desires. The pressure to conform. And what God's looking for in the midst of the, today's society is people are just going to stand out. They're going to be so utterly different; they stand out a mile. I think we should be. I think wherever we are, we should stand out. We should be absolutely different. Can you say amen? We should just just absolutely stand out. People should recognise they are so different. Their conversation, they don't moan like the rest of us moan. They don't complain like the rest of us complain. Their attitudes, their, their lifestyles, their conversations is just radically different. They stand out. And that's what God's looking for. Can you say Amen. People who stand out. There's a joy about them. They're not miserable like the rest of us, amen? There's a joy about them. There's a, there's a beautiful countenance about them. I was thinking, actually, yesterday, me and Angie went to pray for Jo. And, uh, please pray for her. She's going, to think it's a real tough time. But the know, thing struck me, as we were praying for her, isn't this true, she glowed. Honestly, there's a glow came off her. She just glowed. She was just a glow there, just glowed. I thought, wow, that's the way it should be. Even in the midst of pressures, we glow. There's a counter that glows out of us. have you found that? You can look at someone and think, there's a glow. I can't even describe it. It's like an atmosphere, a gl- an invisible glow that flows off their life because they stand out. They are different. Amen. Three things, very really quickly. Here's the first thing. You find in verse 15. It says talks about when they hear the sound. But it says in 16, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answer the king. In other words, we're not going to bow down. We don't even need to say whether we're going to do it or not. We don't need to answer because we basically are not yielding. Say after me, that's the first thing. No yielding. So in the fire, no yielding. No yielding. In other words, we refuse to yield to the values of the day, we refuse to yield to the spirit of the world. We refuse to, I think, one of the big things in our culture, big time, that we refuse to yield to the idolatry of the culture. I only believe this culture is absolutely powerfully influenced by idolatry, and we refuse to yield to that kind of spirit of the age, to the culture, to, to the influence of it. We're not going to yield to it. We just see something. Because what you yield to ultimately controls you. Get a hold of that. If I yield to something, it controls me. If I yield to complaining, how many found that you just do it all the time? You can't. You just it just controls you all the time. It just becomes a, a way of life because you've yielded to it, and what you yield to controls you. If you yield to to, to negative thoughts and and, and negative mindsets, that controls you. You're negative all the time. No matter what happens, you're always negative because you've yielded to that negativity over a given time. So whatever you yield to ultimately begins to control you. But imagine what happens when you yield to God. Let me show you something. Well-known scripture. Romans 12 verse 1. Have you found this, that, I think the big thing sometimes when offense, I've mentioned that a few weeks ago, but, you know, when you yield to offense, you seem to be offended all the time. Right? <laughs> all the time. Because you, what you yield to ultimately controls you. And so Paul says this. I beseech you. Only that's a strong plea. You know, it's not saying, by the way, I've got a good idea now. It's I beseech you. Therefore, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That word, uh, that word present, actually is another word for yield. It says yield yourself, yield your body to God. In other words, present your thoughts, your, that your mind thinks thoughts that are agreement with God's word. You present what you see. You yield to God what you see. How many realise that? The great enemy that what the enemy wants you to yield to is things not that you shouldn't be seeing. See, you yield your eyes, you say, God, I'm only going to see the things that you want me to see. What I listen to, I yield what I listen to. I present to him what I say, my passions, my will. I present my hands for them to do the things that God wants me to do. I present my feet to go where he wants me to go. Here's a big one. I present my tongue. That's a good big one, isn't it? Present my tongue so I say the things that you want me to say. In other words, the whole of my being, every day, I say, God, I yield to you. Every part of me. I'm not going to bow the knee. I'm not going to yield to anything else. I yield And present myself, my body, my totality. I present myself to you. And notice what Paul says. It's all based on the mercies of God. I present myself to you. Isn't that awesome? I present myself fully to you. Isn't that awesome right there? So here's the first thing. No yielding. Second thing is, No difference. I like this. No difference. You know what they said? They said, we don't care. Whatever happens to us, we don't care. It makes no difference. You can put us in the fire. You can do what you want to do. It's going to make no difference to us. We are going to serve God. It makes no difference. Amen? Whatever happens, I don't care how hard it gets, whatever goes wrong, it makes no difference to my commitment to God. That's a big one because often things do make a difference to people's commitment to God. Some people only serve God when he answers prayers. and Sometimes when they don't see their prayers answered, they kind of just give up. For others, they only serve God is when he does what he wants them to do. Others, it's only when their life goes smoothly. Only when their dreams are all fulfilled. But these guys said this, we don't care. We don't care what happens. It makes no difference. There's a question. What would make a difference to you being committed to God? Because whatever makes a difference to you being committed to God is the very thing that's going to rise up. It really is. That's the one thing that's going to rise up. If, for example, your commitment to God is affected by finance, guess where the thing's going to rise up? if there's some area in your life that would make a difference to you in serving God's will, there will be opportunity. For example, pleasing friends or being popular, desire, religious, ambitions, all these things. Whatever makes a difference in your heart to serving God, opportunity will come up to make that decision. In other words, if you're only in it, Because everything goes smoothly. Whatever will make that difference will will be the challenge of your life. In other words, do I serve God out of conviction or out of preference? And I think there's something powerful that says, God, I don't care really what comes against my life. I don't care what challenges come. I don't care whatever comes against me. I've made a commitment and nothing is going to cause me to go back. Do you remember that song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus? I do remember that. No going back, no going back. In other words, I've made a commitment. And just because you make a commitment, it doesn't mean everything's going to go smoothly. It's saying, God, whatever comes against my life, there's no going back. Whatever people say about me, whatever things go wrong in my life, I've made one true commitment and it makes no difference to my commitment to you. Can you say amen? I just love that thought because I think so often that and you see it over the years that people make it a kind of a commitment, so they say, but the moment pressure comes, they go back on it. But what God really wants is that heart that says, God, no matter what happens I've made a commitment. There's no going back. You think about it. You see, we're not in a contract with God. You know what we're in? We're in a covenant. Is that true? You know, a covenant that says, you know, a covenant isn't something that that you, that it's just, that you have clauses in the contract. You know what I mean? A covenant says, God, I'm totally committed to you because you are totally committed to me. Is that true? And because you've given yourself fully to me, then my commitment to you is to fully give myself to you, come what may. is that awesome? And there's something about that heart that will see God do awesome and amazing things. There has to be no yielding. And secondly, no going back. No going back. No difference. Here's the third thing. No option. <laughs> no option. In other words, it says in verse we go back to Daniel three again. Daniel three verse twenty one is up there? No, it's all right. Daniel three verse twenty one. It amazing you never know, can find something when you want to find it. Okay, Daniel three twenty one. These men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans and other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fire. It says, no option. In other words, when you follow God, you're going to have some fires cast where There doesn't seem to be any way out. It says they were bound. And sometimes God will put us in circumstances. Sometimes people do stuff. Sometimes we find ourselves right in the middle of a conflict or a difficult situation that ultimately we don't have any control over. The only control we have over it is how we respond. It's how we react. It's how we deal with it. Look at Hebrews 11. Now we look at Hebrews 11 and we kind of see in Hebrews 11 these men of faith And we kinda think that they did such amazing things which they did. And we often focus on what they did. Look, for example, and we've gone, but look at verse thirty four. 11, 11. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, Out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight with armies of aliens. Women received their dead to rise again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Some of had trial of mockings, scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. So is this sense. It's not just men of faith who did great things, but it's men of faith who stood when everything was against them. They refused to dishonor God. They refused to turn from what is said. And the Bible says that's faith. That's faith. That is true faith. True faith is when you stand when nobody else is standing. True faith is when you're going to stand when every contrary circumstance is against you. But you're still going to believe that God's word is going to come to pass. You still believe he's going to work on your behalf. No matter what the circumstances how contrary it looks, you're still willing to hold on to what God said. You're not going to let go of his promise for any single thing. And the Bible says that's faith. That is true faith. People who don't walk by sight, but walk by his word and his promises. And the Bible said that's faith. No matter what contrary circumstances were there, they refused to let go of what God says. And that leads me on to the other thing. I want you to get a hold of this. The fire has no power. The fire has no power. You know what happened? They're in this fiery furnace and when Nebuchadnezzar looked he says I thought I only put three in there how come there's somebody else there with you what's that and he says he was as the son of God God himself was walking in the midst of the fire with them we see some powerful sometimes God will not always remove the circumstances Sometimes God will not always remove what's against you. But i tell you this. He will always be there with you. He will walk in the midst of the fire with you. God is there. And here's the point. I believe these men, and we believe they're real great men of God. But I believe with all my heart, no matter what encounters they had with God, They never radically encountered God as they did when they were in that fire. I think my greatest experiences of God haven't been on the mountaintop. My greatest encounters with God have been in the valley. My greatest encounters with God have been in the fire. That's when I've met God in a greater level and a greater way than I've ever met him before. How many could say amen to that. It's almost that in the fire, that's where you really meet God. That's where you really encounter God. That's where God really reveals himself to you. Most of the revelations that I've had with God have often been through trials. I've discovered the goodness of God in a trial. I've discovered the power of God when you're confronting things that need his power to be revealed. And so God often will bring us to the fire, and there he'll be in the fire with us, so that we can encounter him in a greater level and a greater way. It says about these guys, and this is powerful, that they were bound. But when they got in the fire, the bounds were broken. And I think often in the fire, the things that limit us, the things that hold us back, are often broken in the fire. Because when God puts you through the fire, the Bible says it's like your faith being tested as gold. How is gold tested? How is gold produced? Pure gold produced. You know how it's produced? It's produced in the fire. Because in the fire... How many know what happens in the fire? All the impurities rise to the surface. You think about this. I think there's things in our hearts at times we don't even know are there. Things in us that we don't don't even know are there, really. Certain things about us that we don't perceive or we don't recognize about ourselves. We don't see it. And it's a barrier, it's it's a bondage, it's a limitation in our life. And we don't see that limitation. Where is the limitation revealed? Where are the things that affect us revealed? You know where they're, where, where they're revealed, right in the fire. Because when you get in the fire, certain things rise up within you that you didn't even know were there. I didn't know I had that attitude. How did I know I have it? Because suddenly in the fire, these things rise up in me. I didn't know I was a complaining person, but wow, in the fire it rises up. I didn't know I had a negative attitude. How come in the fire? These negative thoughts seem to overwhelm me. In other words, when I go through the fire, all the impurities that lie often dormant or beneath the surface, God allows the fire to let those impurities rise up in our lives. Here's the good news. You know something about a refiner, what they do? If they set the temperature too high, the gold will be ruined. You know that? It would just be be too hot and it will ruin the gold. If it's set too low, you never remove the impurities. So, you need an expert who can set the exact temperature that allows the impurities to rise up but also protecting what is pure gold and causing pure gold to come forth. Only thing God. I you can see it right now. God knows your temperature. How many are glad about that? He knows, he's got almost, he knows the temperature gauge on your life. Absolutely. On your head, he sees this temperature gauge. And he knows how to rise the heat up. And he knows that that temperature, certain things are going to rise up. How many are glad he doesn't deal with everything all at once? How many are glad about that? You know what? We couldn't contend. So he knows, he says, look, I see the attitude in their life. And I'm going to cause the temperature to rise up to a certain level that will cause that attitude to reveal and manifest itself. And when it rises up, you recognize it, you deal with it, and then God removes it out of your life. And then you're left purer in faith than you were before. Amen? Because God is the expert at setting the temperatures. He knows how much. Goes on. He knows, really, that often it's through the fire that all the false illusions are, are pulled down. The barriers are forced down. The false illusions we have about ourselves. It's almost this sense for the first time we really get honest with God. You know, we say, God, you know, I've got to get honest with you about this situation. And suddenly all the, all the kind of stuff, all the barriers, all the wars, just are demolished. And God begins to purify and change and transform your life and the limit i love this fact that the limitations are broken down do you notice this it was people that put them in the fire these people bought them in the fire and almost i found more and more often it's sometimes what god wants to deal with in the fire is the fact that sometimes people can bind us up how I mean, you realize that our attitudes to people you know Issues of bitterness, issues of, of, of past issues of pain and grief. Often they're flushed out in a fiery experience. If you let God set you free. And I think it's, it's at the times of greatest pressure. You think about it. At the times of greatest pressure, at the times of greatest intensity, you fast as you've never fasted before. Is that true? You pray like you've never prayed before. You hold on to the word like you've never held on to it before. Is this true in life? That you begin to come to a whole new level in your intensity and your walk with God. And in the midst of that comes this incredible change. I've seen it happen in my life and I've seen it happen in the lives of countless hundreds of people. That through the fire, you see them come out of it and they're changed. They're transformed. They are so different. They've got a different attitude. Their prayer life is powerful. Their, Their walk with God has increased. Their faith level has gone right up. That's why the Bible says we go from what? From glory to glory. From faith to faith. How are you going to get from glory to glory? I'll tell you how you get from glory to glory. Through a fire. As you go through the fire, you come out on a new dimension, a new level of God's presence. Can you say amen? You go from a, a new level of faith to a higher level of faith. Everything begins to increase and grow in the fire. Isn't it awesome? You are transformed. The Bible says that's how they We're transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory. I go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Because I because what? I've gone through the fire. And as I've gone through the fire, I've been taken to a new level, a new dimension in God. Now notice this. When they came out of that fire, get a hold of this. The Bible says there was no smell of smoke on them. You thought about that? Sometimes we can go through the fire, but unfortunately we've still got the smell of smoke. You know what I'm talking about? We're still complaining. We've still got a negative attitude. We've got bitter. Have you seen that? People go through a six minute and they get bitter to God. They get bitter to people. In other words, they've gone through the fire, but they've come out smelling of smoke. There's a a new, there's a bitterness about them. There's a resentment about them. There's a bad attitude about them because they still smell of the smoke because they've not really come through the fire. As God intended them to come through, but I believe there's a generation that are coming through the fire, not smelling a smoke, more freer than what they had before they went through it. The, the chains are gone, the the bounds are gone, the limitations are gone. The faith has grown, the glory of Prince of God has grown. They've gone through a new level and a new dimension. Isaiah 43 says, God says that when you go through the fire, I will be with you. Isn't that awesome? Through every fire, God is there working and moving through your life. How many are you glad about that? No smell of smoke. Yeah, awesome. How many want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? <laughs> and that's what God's calling for in this generation people who've come through the fire. But wow. They've come through the fire, and as they've come through the fire, they've caught the fire. Amen? (laughs) They've caught fire by going through the fire. A new fire, a new burning heart is released in them. And never forget, as I said, God controls the temperature gauge. And Maybe right now your temperature gauge is, is good. It's good. Because you know what? Let's turn it up a little bit. Let's increase it this little bit. I want to get more faith out of them. I want to take them to a new level of my presence. So let's kind of let's alter the temperature gauge a little bit. And then you kind of put it back again. And, then, and you'll go through that, but out of it, you'll just be such an amazing, on-fire believer. And I've seen it time and time and time again. People who've come for the fire. Freer. Things broken off their lives. New dimension of God's presence. New faith. New anointing on their life. Because God brought them to the fire, and He was there with them, and now they've grown to new levels in God. Amen. Let's stand, shall we? Just open your heart right now to the Lord. Right now, say, Lord, today, Lord, today. Maybe you're right now, you're, you're, you're going through a fire. There's a fire that you're going through right here and now. And God's promise to you is, even though you go through the fire, I will be with you. It won't burn you. It won't destroy you. It won't overwhelm you. Because I control the temperature gauge. And I will be with you awesome? I just, I just feel right now, you, God wants you to get a hold of that. I will be with you. If you go through the waters, they won't drown you. If you go through the fire, you won't be burnt. You know what's only, you know what's, uh, the only thing that's going to be burnt are the things that hinder you anyway. The only thing that's going to be burnt away are the things that limit you, that hold you back. That's the only thing that's going to be burnt up. As God begins to burn the dross up, then what's left over? He sets ablaze with his fire. I love it. He sets it ablaze with his fire. Wait just for a few minutes. Lift your hand before the Lord right now. Say, Lord, send your fire in a greater way in me. Increase the fire of the Holy Ghost in my life right now. I need it, Lord. I need your fire. I need your fire. Burn away the dross. Burn away the rubbish. Burn away the limitations. Burn away the things in me that need to be burnt away. I give you permission to burn those things away. Lord, there's no going back. There's no turning back. But Lord, today, set my heart ablaze with your fire. God, I pray right now. Lord, I thank you for every believer in this room today, oh God. And I thank you that you are the God of burning fire. And we thank you, Lord, today that you control even the fiery trials that, Lord, would come against our lives. And we thank you, Lord, you use those things to do a greater work in us. Thank you that you burn away all the dross, all the hindrances, all the things in us that need to be burnt away. And I pray right now, God, that you would send the fire of your spirit, Lord that you would set us ablaze with you as you burn the hindrances, as you burn away the bonds and the chains and the hindrances, that, Lord, that what is left, God, I pray that you'd set ablaze with your fire. You set our hearts ablaze. You set our hearts on fire for you, that your name will be glorified, that your name will be lifted up. But we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elim Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceym.co.uk.